right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the No Laying Up Golf Podcast. We are glad that you are here. We are previewing the 2024 LPGA golf season. It is upon us. They are down at Lake Nona Golf Club in uh, in Florida, outside Orlando. Sorry, a little, little brain cramp there. Where is Lake Nona? Outside Orlando for the Tournament of Champions. This is... Um, not one of my most favorite events, just because I think they spend a ton of time on the celebrity aspect of it. But I know there are reasons for that, so I won't harp on that too much. I have a great crew with me. We're going to talk about a bunch of big questions that hopefully will set the stage, not only for this week, but more broadly speaking, the entire 2024 women's golf calendar. Before we dive into that, an exciting new announcement. We have a new sponsor, our good friends at Yeti. Big thanks to Yeti. They've been a great partner now with us for oh over a year, and they have extended it. They wanted to be a part of our women's golf stuff, and we are just so thrilled that they are here. And if you only know Yeti for their coolers and their drinkware, I'm here to tell you that they have an awesome assortment of luggage. Of course, the hard coolers, the soft coolers, the drinkware, you name it. Yeti has it. Head over to Yeti.com, Y-E-T-I.com for their complete product line. You can see all the different stuff they are making and selling. And and I have to say, the Yeti name, it just comes with the reputation of quality, right? It's, it's going to be well-made, well-manufactured, well-produced. It's stylish. It's convenient. It's functional. So go over to Yeti.com. Check them out, and we couldn't be more thrilled that they are the title sponsor for our LPGA podcast this year. So how about that? Thank you to Yeti for coming on this year, being a title sponsor for what we are doing in the women's game. That is awesome. Let me now introduce the people joining me uh, in no particular order. I got Tron Carter, Mr. TC here. How are you? I'm great, Randy. Excited to get the golf season started. I would give a shout out to my guy, Big Flask, who, you know, really started this event. That's uh, right. The, you know, Diamond Resorts Tournament Champions back in the day before it became the Hilton. So, uh, again, not my favorite tournament, but I am excited for the LPGA season ahead. Yes. Uh, we also have Jordan Perez. Jordan back for uh, what we hope will be a, a full year, Jordan. I don't want to tip off too much, but... Uh, we certainly, certainly enjoy having you, and, and we hope to see and read and hear a lot from you this year. Welcome to the show. Uh, let's just say if Team USA does not uh, recapture the Solheim Cup, then I potentially might run away from all women's golf coverage. But <laughs> no, happy to be here. So stoked. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, I always think of this this event as the uh, the Disney golf event. Um, just because it literally used to be inside Disney World. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm just really excited for the calendar to ramp up and really excited for uh, another great year. Well, we're excited as well. Thank you for being here. And last but not least, the Sarge, Cody McBride. Cody, how are you today, sir? 
big. You're coming out of the gate early. The only reason why you don't like Hilton Tournament of Champions is because of the defending champion. We're starting the year out with some <laughs> Brook slander. I hate to see it. We're supposed no. to turn the page, buddy. Come on. No, no. We love Brook. We love Canada. Canada loves me. We've we've Cody's we've, all chippy because uh, the, the LPGA got rid of his Volunteers of America Classic out uh, at the out at the uh, the colony. Mm, yeah. Well, this today's show, the first of 2024, dedicated to the women's game, and we have we have a lot of good things in store across this full year. We are going to do over 30 podcasts dedicated solely to the LPGA and women's golf throughout the year. We have a number of happy hours plus live shows. Those are going to be around the Chevron, the U.S. Women's Open, the KPMG Women's PGA, and the AIG Women's Open. Oh, and as well as the Solheim Cup. You may notice that Evian is not included in that. That is our way of only recognizing four majors on the women's side. On top of that, I think some combination of us, NLU, plan to be on site for Hopefully two of the majors and the Solheim Cup doing, like I said, the happy hour, the live show, the the Sunday recap, all of that good stuff. So we will share exact details with where we are going to be uh, when they are set. And then if that's not enough, Jordan, not to put you on the spot, but always look forward to you and KVV leading our writing efforts. Um, I really enjoyed your, gosh, the one that just sticks out is the the Lexi Thompson piece from the Solheim Cup. Uh, I thought your Angel Yin piece last year around the Tour Championship was excellent as well. So we will be augmenting our podcast and live show coverage with, uh, with the written word as well in 2024. So really, really big things planned. Um, a continuation of 2023 and something that I think gets us all excited. So I, I appreciate you guys. TC, Cody, Jordan, the rest of the crew will be in and out this year. Appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. And of course, the listeners, whether you're a fan of the women's game or somewhat new to the women's game, hopefully we can teach you something. We can keep you entertained and, and light the fire to uh, to check out more of the, the women's game this year. With all of that said, like I mentioned, today's episode is going to be somewhat of a broader season preview. The format, I thought, was 24 questions for 2024. So I have given the rest of these guys 24 questions as homework that they have prepared answers to, and and we're going to run through them here in just a second. But before we get started, guys, anything I'm missing, anything you'd like to add? Listen, if you like your NLU podcast, you can keep your NLU podcast. This is all additive content that we're doing around the women's game. And, and I think if there's one thing we've learned over the last couple of years, it's that, you know, like we... The more we've dipped our toe in, the more we like it, the more we've enjoyed covering these events. And it's a stellar major slate this year for the ladies. So I think it's a much more coherent schedule. So I'm, I'm excited to see how that flows through the year. Definitely a more coherent schedule. The, the only thing, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's not quite perfect yet. And the case in point being, like I said, this week, the Tournament of Champions. Next week, there's a drive-on championship from Bradenton, Florida, but then we take almost a month off. Uh, so, so we have a little bit of a, a quick start and then a stop. And then the next big swing will be the first Asian swing, which will start the end of February and go till uh, mid-March, let's call it. And so just to let you guys know, uh, you, 
you really won't hear another podcast, uh, an LPGA podcast from us until February. So it, it's going to be a little bit of a slow start. But once the the women really hit their stride with the schedule come April and then throughout the, the spring, summer and fall, uh, so too will the cadence of our show. So you can expect at least a couple Thursday episodes, uh, hopefully some some interviews, maybe even a Tuesday show. And then, like I said, the happy hours, the live shows around the biggest events of the year. So first question, TC, I'm going to put you on the hot spot. You mentioned we have an excellent major lineup this year uh, of the three women's majors that change locations each year. Which are you most looking forward to this year? And, and for the people at home, the KPMG will be at Sahali Country Club outside Seattle. The U.S. Women's Open will be at Lancaster Country Club in Pennsylvania. And the AIG Women's Open will be at the Old Course in St. Andrews. TC, which of those are you most looking forward to? Gosh, uh, those are three great venues. Um, I keep like thinking Sahali just because it's, I don't know, it's kind of somewhere we don't get to see too, too often. Uh, Lancaster was great last time, but I got to go with the old course. Yeah. It's, it's the old course. It's the lady. Like it's a, it's everything's in kind of proportion for the ladies there. They don't have to trick it up too much. It's, it's going to be great. Jordan, do you have a different answer? I don't. Um, yeah. And I, I really, I, I really wanted to go against the grain here and be like, ah, oh, but I, I, I've been, I've been che Chevron. Yeah, Chevron. Um, we're talking about the majors, uh, yeah. the three majors. Um, no, but it's, it's surely going to be, uh, the women's open at the old course. I, you know, it's, I think it's been what, like almost a decade or so since they lost, they were lost there for the women's yeah. open. I can't think of a better way to especially kind of capitalize on the momentum was that for the U S women's open, um, last year. And yeah, I think platforming the women's game on world famous venues like that is only going to move this needle even further. And so I'm stoked. I wish there was more of a dedicated road and I wish we could see them play at the old course more often. I think that'd be sick. But yeah, I think to jump off of what TC said, I mean, I think that they're way more, the women's game is just a lot more primed for playing at the old course, especially in a place that asks for a lot of precision and a lot of good win play. And so I'm I'm stoked. I cannot wait. I, I wish it was next week. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. TC, like you said, Sahali, kind of a blind spot to me. Um really curious how that will look on television I, I think it'll be really cool up in the pacific northwest lancaster i think is going to show up and Lan show out lancaster lancaster, lancaster. lancaster. Lanc Wim we're, we're all i was too afraid to say it yeah, we, yeah we're gonna get crushed this oh year god if, if we don't now and granted i will say randy you know in another l for you brooke henderson did win the 2016 uh, women's PGA at Sahali. Uh, and it was, it, that was a great tournament. Hate seeing, you know, hate seeing you have to take an early L on Brooke there. Hopefully she wins again. But the answer is the old course, right? I mean, Jordan, you said that the last one was 2013. Stacy Lewis uh, was your, was your winner. I believe the winning score that week was eight under par. Would love, love, love for another tournament um, kind of in that six to, 10 under par range maybe the wind spices up a few days that that it's just going to be a really really fun event and tron like you said the, the old course just makes sense for 
the distances that that the women play. Um, and I think we're going to see you know the old course at a kind of at a throwback uh, vintage that's that's just playing different than we've seen it with men's British Opens and even the Walker Cup. Uh, Cody, we all said the old course at, at at St. Andrews as being the major we're most looking forward to. Do you have a different answer? No, I'm right there with you guys. I, I think I am so excited for the old course. I think it's going to be a, a, it's perfect time of year. It's a perfect course to truly see like how probably echoing a lot of what you guys said of, of how the women's game matches up best. I I think on the old course, you're going to see all the weird quirky stuff kind of shine through there, but I mean, we don't get a lot of golf in the Pacific Northwest. It's hard to ignore Sahali. Very excited to see, uh, you know, another championship there with, you know, these the, the massive trees. Big. I can't believe that wasn't your pick. I, just because, yeah. again, I, I mean, it's Brooke. It's Brooke's championship. And then I'm afraid to say the name in, in Pennsylvania where we're going. Lancaster. Because of Lancaster. 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 I'm excited for it just because of like the phenomenal pictures that I see all the time. And it's one of those things where I didn't get to go to Toledo a couple of years ago for any, like we did a media day there and then Solheim cup. I wasn't on that trip and it just kind of like feels like a throwback course there that is just like, you know, perfect time in summer, exactly kind of what you would expect from, from golf in the greater Philadelphia area. But I mean, it's very, very hard to not go with the old course. Yeah, no, that's an easy one, but a great slate. I don't want to diminish Sahali or Lancaster. Um, and hopefully, you know, the, the elevated Chevron and Evian will deliver with, with great leaderboards as well. Uh, Cody, I'm going to come know what it's not for sure. What's that? What? It's not Houston. No, it's not Houston. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to stick right with you, Cody. What's what's one non-major event you're most looking forward to this season? Well, we love everything in the in the Northeast. You know, we talk a lot about Upper Montclair. Uh, I was excited last year. I think Rose, the first event at Liberty National, excited to see Mizuho continue Neil's to step course. up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> to see them step up and and that event come in like its second year. I think it's a really cool run between like the two New Jersey. Uh, events, then the U.S. Women's Open, then finishing back out uh, again at the ShopRite in New Jersey before we finally move back across uh, the United States. But overall, it's I think it's so cool. I understand we have another name change here for the L.A. Open. All right. The L.A. Open has a new title, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's called now the Fur Hills Sayri Pak Championship. That's what they renamed it to. Of course, Sayri Pak being great champion from South Korea, but she is playing tournament host. That played at Palos Verdes. And then, of course, the LA Championship, sticking with JM Eagle at Wilshire. But I'm excited for Wilshire. It's one of those places that I see all the time. Uh, I want to go play it. I don't really say that a lot about LA golf. I haven't really played any LA golf. But Wilshire is always one of those places that looks so good on TV that I would say, yep, like you can you can count me into watching every single minute of that event. That was mine. Just to to get that out of the way, I, I picked uh, the JM Eagle LA Championship. Some of the, some of these tournament names are are getting very confusing. Uh, but 
It's presented by Plast Pro. <laughs> presented by Plast Pro. But it is Coming at in. Welshire, and that's the most important Wilshire. thing. Wilshire. Wilshire. Oh, God. <laughs> TC, what's the event you're most looking, non-major, that you're most looking forward to? Yeah, I was going to say the Chevron. <laughs> you're a bad guy. You're a bad guy. There's some, no, I think, uh, for me, I think we have the opportunity here. I think the LPGA match play at Shadow Creek, uh, April 3rd through 7th. Great spot that, on the calendar now. Yeah, that's basically... You know, that and Anwa will be the same weekend. And that, you know, Friday, Saturday, because, like, the finals are on Sunday there. That Friday, Saturday is really, like, really good. There's a ton of matches on the course. They they had that place firm and, like, you know, really tough last year. Like, that was really, really good golf watching. So uh, I'm going to say that one. That's a good one. Jordan, how about you? Uh, I almost had the same one as TC. Um the easy answer feels like Solheim, obviously. I don't, I, I, but I, to actually provide a, not a non-major, but like, you know, non, like, big time event, I'll say uh, the event at TPC Boston. I'm curious to see what that produces. And I think that's going to bring out a really high quality field and location wise, I think, you know, they could only be a net positive. So I, I think I'm going to say that one. All right. Yeah, I dig it. That's that's another one I definitely am um, curious to see how, you know, we've seen TPC Boston on the men's side. Be be fun to see the women attack that place as well. Uh, I believe that's Labor Day weekend, two weeks before the Solheim Cup. Um, yeah. TPC Providence, really. It's not in Boston. Out there. Yeah, I, I think that's the first number one thing. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. But that's I don't understand. We've seen that course plenty of times. Are we interested? I guess you could say the same thing about the old course, but I don't know if TPC Boston outside of the excitement being that it's a first time event and new energy and, and the women's game finally getting back to Boston. But I don't know if that's like the right course choice there. It's not even in Boston. Kind of interested to see how it's going to all work out there. Uh, the other thing big that I wanted to say and I know we dump on it all the time just because it has its, uh, you know, its major championship status. But I think I want to go to the Evian one of these years. You just want to go to France. You want to fly to Geneva. It's a great in person. Yeah. Well, Cody, you're getting. See, I, I thought you would be uh, right up there with me on this. I, I, I feel like when, little, I go to France, when I go to the French Alps or, you know, Swiss Alps, like I, I'm not trying to go watch golf. Well, I'm not saying we have to watch all the golf. But what I'm saying is that doesn't it look like a beautiful spot, though? It does. I mean, it has that going for it. I know the players, the caddies, they all rave about how well they're taken care of. I think what bums us out is that it always has, like, some pretty pretty bad TV windows. It doesn't really generate, like, the best championship endings ever. And they basically just bought the the, the claim of a major, which I understand all that. But that's still, it's like, I have this gut feeling of like, should I feel bad that I still want to go? Yeah. No, no. One, Cody, I will say one thing on the, T, going back to TPC Boston thing, I bet it's pretty hard to find a club up in New England that is going to host a tournament in late summer, early fall. It's such a short season up there. You know, TPC Network, obviously. But, you know, like there's not a whole lot of clubs that are going to, give away their Labor Day weekend to very true know, like men's or women's event, you know? 
So. Do you think because it's a – do you think like the the TPC network, meaning P, Greater PGA Tour Inc., is charging like full freight oh, I'm to the sure, LPGA I, Tour for this? I'm sure they're wetting their beaks off of it. That's the way they operate. You know, just like they so. – just like they, they, you know, messed with the, you know, like they totally gave short shrift to the ladies on the media negotiations and all that. But right. I know Fenway Sports Group's involved. I know there, it seems like it's going to be a very reputable, well-run tournament, but I'm sure the PGA Tour wet their beaks on the TPC. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss is what it sounds like. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Question three. Let me let me start here with TC. If you could make one change, big or small, to the LPGA schedule, what would it be? Uh, I would get rid of the three day events. I think they're unbecoming. I think yeah. they're they're a disgrace, and I think we need to get beyond <laughs> that. Jordan, how about you? Uh, the double Asia swing. I it's just such a logistical nightmare, and. I don't know what quite the answer is as to which one you should eliminate. It kind of feels like the ramp up to the end of the year, but I'm just not sure. But I don't know. And I got I I, I like that Lote is kind of sandwiched in there now to like make that transition stateside back a little bit easier. But I still don't think that necessarily solves the problem. And speaking to like bad TV windows, that's just tough to kind of capitalize on the momentum of overnight golf to hey uh our tour championship is coming up in three weeks and you better care because the one of the smallest fields out there is going to play it's just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me and it's really hard to feel it's not hard to feel amped up just because there's always like a great field there's always just a great ramp up and um Gamebridge is really great in kind of creating that momentum and seeing just who's going to get in, but somehow it feels super abrupt. And I'm sure for the players, it's super taxing and tiring and expensive. And I, you know, maybe that's where you cut it out, but I think you've got to get rid of one or the other. And it's either the beginning of the year, the two tournament stint, or the one right before the end of the year. It does feel more coherent, though, now that they've got Lote slotted in there where it's not just like tacked on you know and some we learned last year talking about how expensive it is jordan that the tour actually covers their travel for if you qualify for any of the asian swing front end or back end they're, they're covering your travel for it so it's not crazy obviously they're not covering you know whatever else they're doing while they're over there but at least airfare wise they're they're taken care of I, I would say, uh, Big, this is kind of right up your alley. I was getting real comfortable with the Cincinnati event. I thought I had a great two-year run. Uh, if there's one thing that I would change is that I, I don't know how you get around this. And, and I know that like clubs and sponsors and charities and everything, like have there's so many cooks in the kitchen when you talk about like each little individual event. But there needs to be a way that the the calendar can be published without TBDs on it. And I don't know how you do that without like clearly like penalizing host venues if they like back out of an agreement. And I know that's probably not what hometown organizations want to hear or anything else like that. The other thing is that I understand uh, like where, where does the LET fit in this schedule? I would like to see more co-sanctioned events. 
I think that there is a gap that's on the front half of the LPGA calendar. Uh, when we, you know, we play these two events in January, then we wait till basically the end of February. Why don't we have more co-sanctioned events in there? It would be good for the LET tour. It would be good for the LPGA tour. If people want to travel to go play these wherever they're playing at, they can go do it. But I think all boats rise, and I would like to see more, you know, interconnectivity between these two organizations. Yeah, you can go to the Middle East. You can go to Spain, Portugal, you know, Southeast Asia even. Um, Cody, on the flip side with the schedule thing, I think – then I feel like then we get to a point with the TBDs where they're waiting to release the schedule so much later and we're not getting it on time and, you know, all that. I think there's always, like, there's still a TBD on the PGA Tour schedule for Barbas for where they're hosting Barbasol this year. That's but true. like, but it's kind of crazy that, like, the Scottish Open, they don't know where that's going to be. Right. You know? I guess that's where I was more. I, really, Cincinnati, I look at it, and I know that there's a lot going on there, but Scottish is the other glaring one there. The other thing is that a lot of these courses, events, just like you said, TC, the three-day events, we got to move uh, the the floor up on some of these purses. If we're still in the $1 million range for purse sizes, you see a lot of the new ones coming in and stepping up and being at like that kind of like, 2.5 to 3 mil minimum to start at, you got to get some of these others, you know, to, to, to move their way up. Which shout out to the the new event in Boston, $3.5 million purse. Big. So, so my answer briefly uh, would be Jordan. I was kind of with you with the Asian swing. I, I would, you, you got to find a way to consolidate the two Asian swings. I would push the Asian swing back into the fall and make that the the one bigger Asian swing. And then I would try to move everything West Coast up into that February, March timeframe, hell, even end of January. And I really think the LPGA should consider like a Sunday to Wednesday timeframe for those for those West Coast tournaments. It's it's the time of year where Domestically speaking, the most people in the U.S. are in cold, cold weather. They're like dreaming about golf. They're seeing these sunny places. You could put these events in prime time on Monday, Tuesday, concluding on Wednesday. And I just think that would be additive to golf fans, right? Um, so I, I know logistically that's that's probably impossible for a lot of reasons, uh, but that would be the one change I wish they would make uh real quick here we'll go rapid fire on question four what non-major lpj event would you most want to attend in 2024 Codeman, we'll start with you because i think he already kind of told us yeah i would like you know i would like to get out to la and check out check out wilshire i think the only other one that that continues to just ball out is you know the canadian event but I don't know. As close as Alberta is to my heart, I don't know if Calgary is the year that we need to make that trek. But you know where they're uh, having it? One of those two. Earl Gray Golf Club. Which is that like <laughs> is that just a tea house? It's really <laughs> oh, sweet if it was. <laughs> DC, what's your answer to this one? Uh, you know, Wilshire's certainly on my list. I'm gonna take a little bit of a curveball here. I've been talking to my guy Bunky a lot about northwest Arkansas. It's mm. It's a hot spot right now. A lot of people moving there from Austin, from Dallas, from other places. 
you know, many people are saying it's it's on the come up. Big purse, three million dollar event. It, it is a three day event. A three day or though, yeah. Only, but you know, so they're basically devoting a million dollars per day, purse wise. But yeah, I would love to see. You know, I've, I've heard good things about that event. Would love to get over there, see what see what Rogers, Arkansas is all about. That's a great answer, Jordan. How about you? I kind of half hardly answered Solheim for the one that I was looking forward to the most. So I just want to say Solheim. I mean, like last year was incredible. And I, I have, I have more, uh, I, have, I think I'm more amped up for what the atmosphere could be and what the team competition could look like. And just the fact that it is in a back-to-back year and what, how those narratives are going to carry over rather than venue. But I, I would say surely Solheim. Can't argue with that one. Uh, I picked the founders cup. I, I think, especially at Upper Montclair in New Jersey. It just seems like a very proper, proper golf course. Um, it's the tournament with the most history to the LPGA Tour itself, um, honoring the 13 founders. I, I wish it were the fourth major, but that that was the one I picked. Uh, question five. We're going to get into more player predictions here. Gosh, who should I put on the, the hot seat with this one? Jordan, we're going to start with you. Lilia Vu. Inters 2024 is the number one ranked player in the world. The question is simple. Will she finish 2024 as the number one ranked player in the world? See, I was looking, I kind of looked at the top 10 and I'm like, who really wants to not knock Lilia off her pivot? And I think the only player that I feel like is probably the hungriest to do so is probably Charlie Hole. You could make a case for Nelly Corda too, just because she's made so many changes in the past year and, is put the health stuff behind her. But I think with the way Lilia entered 2023 and ended 2023, it's just hard to say that that momentum is going to diminish. Um, She shows up in big moments. She's ultra consistent. And even in between injury, we saw it just, you know, the makings of a generational player. And I think if she carries that into 24, then we can confidently say that. But yeah, I, I, it's it's hard to say that she won't be. Um, and she's given us every reason to believe that she could continue staying at number one. Cody, what's your thought? I think she had an amazing 2023 calendar year, but she will not finish 2024 as the number one player in the world. And that's simply because Nellie Cord is going to do it. Uh, I know that's crazy, but I think she the time off has been well served for her. She's been absolutely grinding on her stroke. She hits the ball better than anyone else. Um, and, you know, honestly, I continue to go back and look at data and the data that is provided for us. And as the KP, KPMG performance insights get better, her putting is truly not crazy bad. Uh, it didn't pass the eye test. On- <laughs> we understand that, and I agree with you on that. But it's just... For somebody who puts herself in positions to make that many birdies, it's just very, very hard. And I know the easy comp there is Scotty Scheffler. Like when you we watch him hit every single putt, that's because he's hitting like every single green and has that many opportunities. I truly think Nelly is going to finish the year as number one in the world. I love it. Bold prediction. TC, how about you? Lilia Vu, number one. I- no, first of all, Lilia is not going to be number one. No, not a slight to Lilia. I think it's just tough to tough to. It's almost as tough to stay at the top as it is to get there. Uh, I vehemently disagree with all the the Nelly stuff, but we'll get there. Uh, I think Minji Lee's coming. 
I think she's she is like rejuvenated. She is, I think, finished the year at fourth in the world in 2023. Uh, closed out the year strong with a win in Korea. She played well down in Naples. Uh, I think she's getting to have a career year. I think she wins uh, at least three times, at least one major. I think I think I think it's the year of Minji Lee coming up. Wow. Uh I do not have Lilia ending the year ranked number one. I, for a lot of reasons you guys said no slight to Lilia. I actually would love it if she, if she did consolidate power and and you know went on a huge number one rank streak. I have a Tyatitikum coming and we'll get into that a little bit later. But she if if somebody's gonna knock her off her perch that that was my pick tc i'm gonna go right back to you because it, it dovetails a little bit with uh question six talking about yeah. nelly corda she did not win on the lpga tour on the lpga tour in 2023 how many times will she win in 2024 if at all i think she wins once in 2024 so another disappointing season i mean winning only once i i have to feel like is disappointing for her yeah yeah, I think she wins once, maybe twice, but I'm just, I'm not buying this, this bump here. Jordan, how about you? Look, I think at least once. You got to give her at least once. She, I, I think it clearly matters to her. She's made the changes, changed the swing coach, changed putting coach. Um, I think she's intent on returning where she belongs, kind of like what Cody said. There, the numbers are there to prove it. I think at a minimum, once. Nine top tens are nothing to sniff at either. I think, you know, She's heading in that direction, but you know whether it's a major championship, whether it's just an ordinary event on the calendar. I I think we see her back in the win column. Cody, you, you tipped off. You're super bullish on Nelly. I am too. I, I got her winning three times in a major. I, I think she puts up a season very similar to her 2021 when she won four times, including a major. I bet Neil's bullish too. Neil's, of course, super bullish. I, I just trust her to figure out the putting. Um, and like you said, the ball striking is always there. She puts herself in contention a ton. I, I think she figures out a way to, to cash in quite well this year. Number seven, seventh question for you. Cody, we'll go to you. Two women will both spend the majority of 2024 at 21 years old. I'm talking about China's Runing Yin and Thailand's Ataya Titicum. The question is, who finishes higher in the LPGA Player of the Year race in 2024? I think this is going to be Ataya. We talked about this throughout all of last season. It was kind of crazy. The only thing that she was actually missing was actually like getting a win. And I understand that as a big hurdle to get over considering the year that she came off of prior to that, but everything is right there. It's crazy. It felt like we didn't talk about her as much as we probably should for the amount, like the season that she put together. I think the wins are going to come for her. She's going to continue to settle in. I think that was what happened last year, kind of a little sophomore slump just because her rookie year was so powerful and dominant. And this is not a shot at ruining at all. I just think that Ataya has a little bit more horsepower than running does. TC, how about you? Uh, I, you know, as tough as it is for me not to trust, like I just, I don't trust Ataya. I just, I don't understand kind of her, her ebbs and flows. But I think the upside's there, so I'm gonna bet on the upside. Jordan, 
TC's going to tweet out, I wasn't familiar with your game when Ataya wins her first major. For sure. Um, <laughs> oh, no, he's I, familiar. No, I, I'm very familiar. Okay. I just I just don't I just don't know if I trust it yet. Mm. Might need a, you know, a season or two more. Uh, you know, Runing has the one thing Ataya don't, doesn't, but I think Ataya is prone to tying together a lot of great momentum. And I think on the contrary, I trust her a little bit more than Runing, but yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with Ataya. Clean sweep. I'm, I'm going with Ataya too. I, I think, um, I, I think so much of her 2023 was marred by miscuts at Baltusrol and Pebble Beach. And outside of that, she was an absolute top 10 machine. Um, I expect that to continue. And I just think it's a big ask of rooting in or anybody to be that consistent week to week. So uh, no slight to rooting. I, I, God, I desperately hope they're battling it out um, week in and week out. It, it's two of the, the better young players on the women's side. Um, I hope they both take big leaps. Question eight. Uh, God, TC, this this one's for you. Maya Stark and Lynn Grant, two 24-year-old Swedes. Both have one career LPGA victory. Do we think that both win again in 2024? Yes. And I think Lynn wins four times. <laughs> A major? Now, not, not necessarily four times on the LPGA, but four okay. times worldwide. Okay. 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 So she's going to go play some mule events? Is that what you're saying? Or, or what's the deal? Yeah, she might play the Scandinavian mixed and things of that nature. Well, listen, yeah. I don't think that's a mule event. I think that it's truly we didn't give enough credit again to her winning that coach-sanctioned exactly. event. Cody, how about you? Do you have the Swedes both winning in 2024? I Yes, very bullish on it, just like TC. I wasn't going to go with four. I think Lynn is going to have a multiple win year. I think Maya will get a win in there. I, again, it's just one of those things where it comes down. Like we spent, we, we're very lucky that we spent some time around Maya. I just can't wait to see where Lynn's floor actually is because it wasn't what we saw last year. And I know there was a ton of other things going on of, of delays getting over and limited schedules and everything else like that. The putter but needs to get better for sure. But she is like, she's a, I don't want to say it. I was going to say, uh, put a, a title on the type of player that I think that she is. Generational ball striker. She's so damn good. So <laughs> damn good. And I'm so excited. I can't wait to see like the results follow that. God, you got me excited. Jordan, how about you? Do you have them both winning? Uh, I'm going to keep singing the Lynn praises. I just think recency favors her so much. And we haven't seen her play a full, full LPGA schedule just yet. So I definitely think for Lynn, yes. Um, Maya, I I, I want to say one apiece. I don't think Lynn Grant's winning four times, but I think we're going to, we can give them both one apiece and feel good about that. I think the other thing too, I, I know I'm like, God, I, I think they, I, I want them both to win. Certainly. Uh, I, I definitely think Lynn is going to win. I think TBD on Maya. That's the one I'm least sure about. But I'll just add, too, we, we saw them both have tremendous Solheim Cups last year, which was awesome. Uh, I would love for that to be a springboard. I think it could be more of a springboard almost for Maya Stark. I, I think Lynn is quite confident in in who she is and in what she wants to accomplish on the golf course. 
And I, and I just feel like we saw Maya really grow up through 2023 and, and listening to her speak at the Solheim Cup. What an experience that was for her and, and that feeling of like fitting in and belonging. And, you know, she's got Suzanne Pedersen there uh, that she's trying to impress. I, I, I just have to think that did a ton for Maya. So I would love to see her come back and, and cash that in and, and, and have a big 2024. So it says here, this is a huge Sweden house. Uh, I think, I think we all got them both winning. Um, we shall see question nine, Cody, I'll go to you. Uh, will we see Jin Young Ko or Minji Lee win their third career major in 2024? Woo. I, I hope so. I think it's great for <laughs> the overall the women's game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it would be great to see them. They're both amazing champions as they are. I think uh, I'm not quite as bullish on Minji. I think she will have a better year than Jin Young Ko. Um, but I, I would give, if, if anybody's peaking out there, I'd say of the two, it's definitely going to be a, a Minji year. TC, I know, I know you're super bullish on Minji. You said that already. How about Jin Young Ko? Yeah. No, I'm bullish on Minji. I think, uh, you know, I listen, no, nothing against Jin Young Ko. I just, she might lack the most important ability. What, staying healthy? Yeah. Being too invested in the local food scene. Uh, Jordan, how about you? Do you have either of them winning a major in 2024? I'm going to lean into the Minji Echo Chamber. Uh, she played really good outside of the majors, and her major results in 2023 weren't super favorable to maybe the idea that she'd win her third in 24, but health favors her at Jin Young Ko. We just don't know. Um, she kind of ended her year, not in the way that she'd hoped. Um, I think what she got a surgery at the end of the year. And so I'd love to say that it could be Jin Young Ko and she'll return to that dominance once again, but it just seems like in the ASAP category, it feels like Minji Lee will get number three. I don't have either winning a major this year. I'll just keep it there. Don't have either. TC would love if Minji, though, went on a tear. Thank you. She's she's great for the game. This next question, very curious about. Jordan, I'm going to go to you. Lexi Thompson, all right? She comes into the year ranked 32nd in the Rolex rankings. Simple question. Will she finish higher or lower at the end of the year than 32nd? I think she finishes higher. I think she knows where she's at in her career, and she ended 2023 on a pretty good note. I, I mean, I think... Post Solheim, she was just kind of glowing. And I think that continues. And I don't, I think she feels confident about where she's at. And I, I just don't, I don't see her falling below 32. Now, whether she makes like any huge strides, I'm not sure. But I certainly think she keeps up the momentum and she's certainly trending in the right direction. TC, what do you think from Lexi this year? Uh, I don't know. I got to dig deeper into like the Rolex rankings and how the, you know, how it's calculated and sample, you know, how, how big your sample size is and all that stuff. Cause I could legitimately like see Lexi, like joining the cliques this year, like on live. (laughs) I think we're a little surprised. Yeah. She's still, she's still playing. I, we were waiting for that retirement announcement. I guess she kind of, intimates that every year so who knows i just struggle to see her like carrying forward momentum through the offseason when like i don't know it just doesn't seem like she loves playing golf 
Yeah. Being another Solheim Cup year, though, Cody, what what do you think? I, I think that's the thing. Like, if it weren't a Solheim Cup, I think it'd be an easy, she's going to finish lower. But I do think she, you know, the Solheim Cup means a lot to her. You know, I put my feelers out in the uh, the greater West Palm Beach area and that there's no one who has been grinding more on their game than one Alexis Thompson. Right? Wow. Wow. She's, she's pulled back a little bit of the social content. She's absolutely diving in she's down with my dew sweeper man the dew sweeper crew they're just revolutionizing her game i i, I talked about this uh last fall but you know she went to the dew sweeper cody's uh, got insider info at, at the beginning beginning of august and if you look and see how she turned the back half of the year around it's truly phenomenal jordan mentioned her play after solheim i mean there is a uh, she went from like missing basically every cut to starting post Solheim, you know, T19 in Cincinnati to just uh, uh, tied for eight at Walmart. Then we had a solo fifth at the Ascendant. Then, you know, went down to the Onica and she knew what was on the line. Like she basically had to win in order to get to the tour championship. Didn't come up, you know, came up a little bit short there, still finished top 10. And it, I'm actually, I'm excited for, Lexi season next year. I know that's very, very weird to say. And you're right, TC. She very she could pop up on the cliques or or smash or any of the other teams or or who knows what happens to the LET the and their heads. grand their grand plans uh for next year on in the women's game. But I think she's gonna be not only like not in the 30s, not in the 20s, but like regaining in like top 15 in the world, contending again. Uh, I you know I kind of want to change my answer now, but I'm sticking with it. I know I have lower too, but Cody, that's that's a very compelling case. I <laughs> I now expect to be wrong with that one. I think this is just going to be yes or no, or I guess you can expand a little bit. But in the interest of time, question eleven: Lydia Ko, she sits two points shy of induction into the LPGA Hall of Fame. You need to earn twenty-seven points to get into the Hall of Fame. Lydia has twenty-five. Will she earn Hall of Fame status in 2024? I say no. I, I could see her getting one win somewhere, picking up one point. I don't see her winning a major. I don't see her winning uh, the Ver Trophy for scoring average. Um, I'm curious. Anybody say yes. So it's one point for each tournament win, two points for a major. Correct. One point for... Ver one point for Ver Player of the Year. Okay. Um, How many points is the good. Olympics? And then one, one for an Olympic gold okay. medal. Nothing for silver or bronze. So I, I guess a better question: Does anybody have yes? Does anybody see a big Lydia season coming? I mean, it's like theoretically she could. She I would could say theoretically yes, and and like one, you know, one LPGA event and get two points, you know, but no, I, I bet she gets one point. We're left. I don't know. Or she tries to, you know, get her over the finish line here. And then, then her, her career feels a little bit more coherent moving forward and she can make decisions accordingly. I want to say, yeah, she's going to pick up two points. I think, you know, she's going to win next year. I don't know if she'll win a major championship, but she definitely going to win. And I think it'll probably, you know, he'll, she'll pick up her two points via multiple regular LPGA tour wins. 
Um, she's very, very comfortable. Had a T10 the last time they played the KPMG at Sahali. I think Lancaster's a, a, a good Lancaster. Lancaster, Lancaster, excuse me. There you go. <laughs> That's gonna be a problem. A all good, year. it's a good match for her. Like I, I, you know, you don't have to hit the ball crazy long, but what she like her, she thrives at, at short game stuff, and I think that that plays into her because she can just control. She's she's so good with her distance control. That was a shocking thing about this year, is that like how many times you just saw her being like her iron distance is being crazy off. And I know that there's a ton that changed in her life, but I think she settles back into that. She's re, you know, re-motivated to, to play more. She talked about that at the end of last year and how, you know, her husband is, is traveling almost every single week with her. And when you come in the, you know, kind of a position of privilege where you can do that and it doesn't really, you know, matter uh why not why wouldn't she have a good year i think last year is just like a, a a down year for her yeah is she the most i she feels to me like the the most forgotten woman in golf a little bit and she obviously yeah had a had a down year uh after, especially after the way she ended 2022 a real resurgence but uh, just a fascinating fascinating career arc so far i i don't know where it's headed, uh, but I'm interested to see where it goes. I feel like Celine Bootsy is a little bit of the the forgotten woman right now too, yeah. just because we, you know, Randy, you clearly hate her. We never mention her on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> DC, you could not have had a better segue because question twelve. The question is, who is one woman not currently ranked in the Rolex top ten that will finish 2024 inside the top ten? And conversely, who is one woman who is currently inside the top 10 who will drop out of the top 10 by the end of 2024? And just for those at home, the current top 10, uh, as we are speaking to you, is Lilia Vu, Runing Yin, Celine Boutier, Minji Lee, Nelly Korda, Jin Young Ko, Hyuju Kim, Charlie Hall, Ataya Titicum, and Jiu Lin are your top 10 and TC. My answer is I have Celine dropping out of the top 10 by the end of the year. Um, Precipitous. Wow. I, well, I think it's just going to be tough. She had such a good 2023. It was such a breakthrough. I just think it's a big ask for her to, uh, to follow that up uh, again. I need to know more about, you know, how these points are working. She has 49 events played. That's more than anybody else outside of Titicum. Right. Uh, until you get down to GI Shin. 15 she's got 54 events but so it's kind of total points you've got average points i don't know i need to do more of a deep dive into the crooked rolex the, rankings the game within the game and, and just to finish yeah. my answer i have rose zhang who's currently 25th i think she will be top 10 by the end of the year and i do think tc to your point i, I think a large part of why i feel that way rose just doesn't have that many events played um so i i think especially the first half of this year is just going to be i i I'm kind of guessing at how the world ranking points, but but it, you know, if she top tens a bunch, it, it's just gonna be a points bonanza for her because uh, she's got nothing, you know, nothing dropping off, if you will, this first yeah. half of the year. So th that's my answer, uh, TC. Why don't, why don't you go? What what what's your answer for this? Yeah, I got uh, I got Lynn Grant obviously moving in, you know, in a big way. Uh, she's got putting down she's roots. She's got a hole whole moving truck coming in. I've got Megan Kang coming in. 
I've got Lydia coming in. I've got Charlie moving out. I think Charlie's been redlining the engine. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be tough to sustain. Like if Charlie, like that's like a career year for her and she's only up to eighth, you know, I've got GU Lynn moving out. And, uh, You're unfortunately, she, she leads the LPJ tour in almost every single strokes game category. Again, I'm just, it's going to be tough to sustain. Right. And then I've got Jin Young Ko moving out as well. Interesting. So, a little three for one special for you guys. Based on Charlie's Instagram, yeah, she she's still redlining it. <laughs> God damn, she's she's hitting balls every single day. Cody, what's your answer here? Uh, I agree with TC. I think Lynn is coming in uh, all the way. You know, getting close to the top here. I, I you know, we talk about that we want to see this these these top three. If we could get a little lifting and separating going on there, I think. Uh, between her, between Nelly, between even Lilia. Uh, I think Megan Kang's definitely coming in too. Like I, I don't think so. I think it's oh. taking a, a Megan Kang a long, long time to get that first win. I understand that you can move up these rankings just based off the amount of events that you're playing and not getting a, a ton of victories. Uh, Megan Kang right now is 14th in the world. I don't think she's going to get better than that. I think... Uh, wow. You know she'll she'll stay in the top twenty, but she's not going to break into the top ten. Uh, and and again, that's no offense to her. I just think that if you look at at people's games, I I, just, I don't know what else Megan Kang's kind of gonna gonna show us here. Um, so who do I have going out then? And I think just like the rest of you guys, I think it's going to be Jin Young Ko. We have no clue what happened post knee surgery. We don't know what that recovery is going to look like. We don't know what form she's going to have coming back or anything else like that. Plus she had an overall kind of shaky year. I mean, it's not the dominant performance that we're kind of used uh, to her. So that's my one in one out. Jordan, what do you got? So I'm um, going for easy target. Jin Young Ko again. <laughs> Sorry, JYK. Um, but yeah, I think that that's going to have a massive effect on these numbers. I kind of want to, I, I kind of want to go against the grain here a little bit and maybe not too much in the recency lens, but just in terms of uh, who's going to sneak into that top 10, I think Allison Lee has really found a great form and I don't think that's mm. going to end anytime soon. Um, and I, I think she's one of the hungriest people in the top 20. And so I, I think it's Allison Lee. I think Randy, I think Rosang is a good one too. To sneak in up there but yeah that sample size is too small i feel like for me to make like a safe top 10 call but uh i think allison lee is gonna make a huge leap this year interesting nobody mentioned angel yeah nobody mentioned nasa I'm writing some notes should we do an ad dc let's let's pay some bills excellent call sir our other sponsor today our good friends at titleist this episode is brought to you by Titleist and the new Vokey SM10 wedges, which recently made their PGA Tour debut and will be available to LPGA players for the first time at next week's Drive-On Championship. Guys, we had a chance. Uh, Jordan, you, you didn't make it out with us, but Cody, Tron, and I, we were out in, uh, in Oceanside, Southern California at the end of December. We went through the fitting process. Did you guys, what, uh, any big changes to your wedge setup? TC, did you change your equipment? The, the, the grind oh, I got all sorts or the, of changes. the lock? Yeah. 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 I'm in a T grind. I got trying out an, an M grind. 
Uh, I went to a D grind in the 50, in my 53. And then I've got the T grind. It's just been, I'm like a new player. So, uh, stoked to get these SM10s, uh, you know, throw up the X, the SM10s, get those in the mix. And, and then Voke laid his hands on me too and, and has potentially cured me of well, um, my chipping yips. Everything that ails you. Uh, my fitting was revelatory as well. Uh, the, the SM10s aren't going to make their official debut until uh, next week. So we can't really get into too much of the technical details on what makes them special. But from my fitting, that the Titleist people sent over some of the, the some of the transcript. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God. Uh, shout out to my guy, Chris, but just teach me how to use the tool better. Uh, learned a lot about the bounce and, you know, just how to play and think about different shots. It was awesome. So I, I'm going to be in a slightly different grind in my wedges this year. Um, I slightly different bounces in a couple of them, but very, very excited to get them in my hands and, and start hitting those nippers and scooters around the green if anybody listening if you need to get your wedges dialed and and chances are you do because they always say if you ever replace a grip on your wedge you should just switch out the wedge um titleist can get you dialed and that means the correct loft the bounce and the grinds for your game and the course conditions you play as well those are all very important factors and it's one of the easiest ways to improve your short game you can head over to vokey.com v-o-k-e-y to learn more about the wedge fittings and all of the Vokey tour proven grinds and stay tuned to Titleist social channels for all SM10 news and updates. We thank them for being a great sponsor. And now let's get back to the questions. We're about halfway through, uh, in the interest of time, we, we might have to, you know, just limit these to one word answers, but this is probably one we could, we could expand upon a little bit. Uh, the question is, Will we get a first-time major winner in 2024? And if you think yes, please name the player in the tournament. Um, I feel like I haven't kicked off many of these, so let me start. I I thought yes, and I'm going with Leona McGuire at the Women's British Open. I, I think it's a, a course, a venue, a type of golf that she can really excel at. And I think more than that, it's, it's going to be in that lead-up to the Solheim Cup. And... Through these last two Solheim Cups, she has proven to be an absolute killer. Uh, and, and I think she will start kind of peaking towards that late August, mid-September time of year. And I could see her doing really, really well on the old course. So I'm going to take a flyer and say Leona at the AIG Women's Open will be a first-time major winner. Uh, let me toss this to Jordan. What's, what's, what's your answer here, Jordan? Oh, I think uh, Angel Yin will finally win at Chevron. And I I think not having the pressure on her of being the defending champion is going to free her up so much. And she's been freed up so much in her game just in the past year. And I obviously she knows how to play so well at that venue. And I think I think she's finally going to take it. That would be awesome. Cody, what say you? Yep, I uh, I'm gonna be right there with you at the old course for the AIG Women's Open. Unfortunately, we do not have the same winner because Lynn Grant is gonna win at the old course. I'm gonna be hailing and TC is gonna be jumping into my arms. We're gonna be <laughs> running up and down, celebrating like 
crazy, crazy dudes out there. The other, I also, I, I like Angel at Chevron. I think that's that's kind of where I was thinking too. And then, uh, you know, like if you want an actual bold, bold take. Of course. We always want bold takes. I think that Hannah Green is going to win the U.S. Open. I do wow. have to caution you, though, Cody. She is a major winner, so she would not qualify for this question. <laughs> Cut this. <laughs> Marker it. So it is a bold take. It is a bold take. TC, what say you? Yeah, I said I got Lynn Grant at Sahali. It's also blowing my mind that Leona's never cracked the top 10 before. That's damning a little bit, isn't it? Right? And she's not, you know, like she's been out there. She's kind of a late bloomer. How old is she now? She's 29. Yeah. I have a Leona question for you guys. Please. When do you think this window of expectation for her first major ends or expires, rather? She's kind of getting some whiffs of Tommy Lad. A little bit. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think that, I don't think the game, like, you know, there's obviously different playing years, though. I agree with your takes that Tommy still has a ton of, like competitive, highly competitive years left in front of him. I just don't know if Leona is that fortunate. I know. It feels like the window is what, like three years? And then, like, yeah, you hate to say it on the women's side, but they, they just. Yeah. I think as players keep getting longer and longer, like it's going to get tougher and tougher yeah. for her to compete too because she's not that long to begin with. Yeah. It, like it'll take a, a special type. Of, like the old course is a great example though. Like take a special type of you know, venue, right? Yeah. She is so, I was so impressed at the Solheim Cup, though. All right, next question comes back to three American women. Rose Zhang, Angel Yin, and Megan Kang. They all captured their first LPGA victories in 2023. The question is, uh, and let's go by LPGA Player of the Year points race. Who will have the best 2024? Cody, let's go to you first. Uh, I understand why you group these three together. I think that there's probably one that stands out above the rest. I, it's very hard for me not to say Rose here. I She didn't play a full year. She seeing a lot of these courses for the very first time. She's going to rack up a ton of points. I'm still, you know, very cautious and not saying that Rose is going to win, you know, buckets, loads of tournaments or major championships or anything else like that. But as she continues to, you know, grow up in front of our eyes and get familiar with these venues and everything. It's just hard to say. She's just so consistent. TC, how about you? I got Angel. I think Angel's hmm. being unleashed. I think she's a predator in training. Jordan? I think my original answer was Megan Kang, but I'm going to change it to Angel because I've kind of convinced myself in the past few minutes that it indeed would be angel but again i think the rosang sample size is too small to definitively say i really want to see her play a full year on the lpga before i feel like you know where her windows of consistency and highlights and lowlights are um and yeah i mean a lot a lot has really happened to her game in ever since she turned professional i mean yeah the putting could use some work just a lot of aspects of i don't want to say like Rosang is really broken, but you've seen the cracks. And I think there's going to be a little bit of repair this year. And, you know, hopefully that lends itself to the same ascendant Rosang we're used to seeing. I think it's going to be a fascinating one to track 
through the year. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we have some, some difference of opinion. That, that'll be a, a good one to keep tabs on. Next question, 2023 saw 12, 12 first-time winners on the LPGA Tour. Will 2024 yield a higher or lower amount of first-time winners? DC, what, what say you? I would say lower. I think there's going to be less parity overall, uh, both with first-time winners and just just generally speaking, uh, more more multiple-time winners within the calendar year as well. Cody, I'd say lower. Um, again, I, I I think it's one of those things where you you just that that number seems so so high. I think it's time for us to see quite a few, you know, of these women get. A couple wins each year. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to see. Jordan, how about you? I say about the same or lower. I think, yeah, we're seeing less and less parity and a little more of a concentration of great players. I mean, I think there's a great crop of talent coming from the Epson Tour and Q Series, but I I think even so, I, I don't I think twelve was twelve was a pretty big number. So it's gonna be pretty hard to match up. TC, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I had lower for the simple reason. I want to start seeing Lilia, Nelly, Runing Yin, Ataya, Lynn. Like, I, I want to start seeing these these great young, younger talents yeah. start winning. Um, and then you he throw in your Wikipedia profile. Yeah, exactly. Then you layer in Lydia and Jin Young Ko and Minji Lee. And yeah, I just don't, I hope there aren't going to be that many opportunities for, for first time winners this year. All right, we're going to get into some more specific predictions. Jordan, I'm going to start with you. Uh, you're, you're kind of our amateur golf maven. Who do you have winning the 2024 Augusta National Women's Am? Wow. I I want to say Latana Stone. I want to say her redemption arc is finally here between missing out on an ANWA title and a U.S. Women's Am title. I just think she could be the hungriest and probably possibly the best of the hungriest players out there. Um, I feel good about it. Anna Davis repeat, though. I think starting college golf is going to throw a bit of a wrench in her schedule because she's so used to playing junior golf and mixing pro events in there. And I think there was a little more freedom in her schedule. And now I think things are going to change just a little bit. If I could throw out just a couple of lesser known names, I think Maria Jose Marin um, at Arkansas, who advanced to Augusta last year as she was ending her junior career is phenomenal. Just such a powerful player, especially for her size. And of course, uh, Gianna Clement, who I think her wagger does her absolutely no favors. I mean, she's easily the sneakiest, best junior player out there. Um, I think she's poised to win any of these elite titles. And I remember talking to her after Anwan, and she said she felt she learned so much playing Augusta national and, there was just a lot that she they, she used that as the basis to co- totally rework her game, and I think she's totally going to come out and just, I don't know. I, I could totally see her snatching it from everybody. I like it. I like it. Uh, TC, who do you have? I have uh, an English woman, Lottie mm. Wode, or Woad, or Wode, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. I was going to say Helen Bream. I don't know if Helen Bream's turned pro yet or not. The German, <laughs> the big German. The big but, German, I know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think Anne was tricky because, you know, indelibly all the, you know, the memory is always of Augusta National, but two of the three rounds are dictated on 
at Champions Retreat, and there's some high scores out there. There's kind of a you know a pretty big like there's been I mean even even when Rose won like you know she had she had the two rounds of Champions Retreat and then struggled at Augusta versus you know like you've seen a bunch of stuff on the flip side where you know you'll get a 78 or a 79 mixed in with a you know a good round over there so. But yeah, I'm going to say one of those two future Solheim Cup st- stalwarts. Cody, how about you? Yeah, those all sound great. You know, it's very hard when you don't know what the field's actually going to be. <laughs> the only name that we haven't really talked about so far is Ingrid, right? I mean, who knows? I I, I don't even think she... Was it last year that she didn't even play because she was Monday qualifying somewhere else or something like that? But I don't know. I feel like her, you know, she's... What, a, her fifth year... At LSU, I know she has a couple wins so far in the fall. Uh, if, if she plays, sure, but the rest of them sound great too. I don't know. Maybe we go Stanford back to back. Make them. Maybe Mega pops up in there. Uh, you, you just never know. I'm a little bit concerned that that uh, Ingrid hasn't turned pro yet. You know, like Saki Bob has turned pro. Ingrid, like you know, fifth year senior. I think she wants and- an NCAA more than anything. Okay. I think that's what that's the goal. Respect she that. loves college golf so much. Cody, to your point about Ingrid, Ingrid played pretty badly at Anwa last year. She kind of faded out very quickly at Champions. Uh it was a, it was a tough go. There you go. Well maybe maybe it won't she be. Should have been Who playing knows? the show run. Yeah. Didn't Delta yeah. lose her, her luggage or something too? Yeah. yeah. Or is that later? Right, in the right season? before stage that, two of Q school. Yeah. And yeah. then she yeah. ended up Metal or meddling, if you will, there. Jordan, my pick, uh, you, you tell me how crazy this is, and it might be a couple years early, but I have Gianna Clemente winning uh, Anwa. I, I think this could be the, the coming out party where all of golf starts to learn her name. I don't think that's so crazy at all. I Ever since, um, ever since she really won the Sally and she'd almost got a uh, – was girls junior i've kind of thought like if there's anyone that could come as close to Zhang out there it would probably be gianna mega talented american um all right jordan back to you is lsu the team to beat who's your pick to win the team the team ncaa championships in may well, we're switching venues this year, so it could be LSU's year. Thank God. Could be. Yeah. Um, thank God. We're we're headed to uh to La Quinta. No, La Costa. La Costa. La Costa Damn right. it, I knew I was gonna mess that up. Uh, a newly renovated <laughs> La Costa. Shout out Omni, uh Gil Hans. Lang- Lancaster. Lancaster, La Costa, La Quinta. Ugh. Gonna be a tough year. Sorry, George. Go we're gonna ahead. have to run we're gonna have to create a running pronunciation guide in these agendas. Truly. Truly. Yeah, I mean, it feels like LSU does have all the talent between Ingrid and Latana, and we kind of thought it was going to end that way last year. But I think Stanford is still really strong. I still think Wake Forest still has it um, as a defending champion. I also wouldn't count out USC to emerge again, and Auburn, who's getting Anna Davis now, and they have the reigning U.S. Women's AM champion in Megan Schofield. Um, they missed match play last year, but uh, talking to Melissa Llewellyn, she seems fairly confident that this team is refreshed and they've got they've got so much talent between the men's and the women's program. It feels like everyone is flocking to Auburn. So I, I, I it's really hard for me to say definitively a team, but I do think 
it, this is the one thing Ingrid Lindblad has been playing for. I, I, if, if I feel confident saying it's going to be Ingrid because she, if there's anyone who can totally lock in and totally focus and get it done, it's her. I mean, she's made such good strides in just every single part of her game between, I think a few years ago it was the putting and now it's the ball striking, just everything. I think she has the whole package. Cody, how about you? Anything to add there? Uh, no, sounds good. I mean, wake, it's, it's hard <laughs> to get. I mean, it, this isn't a thing about like lack of knowledge here. It's a, it, this is a, a complete breakdown of not, not just women's athletics, but both men's and women's collegiate oh, golf. It, yeah. How the fuck are we supposed to tr- like track any of this? Stuff? The eye test. It's hard. Yeah. The eye test. Baby. It's all the shadows. I mean that that's been a massive, massive controversy this off season, right? Or this, right. you know, the fall season into now is like they've they've totally reworked the stats and the results and all that gathering mechanism, and they've they've seemingly botched it on the front end, right? We also won't have live scoring until safely, I think, fall twenty four. Um, I think they're hoping for earlier. But I mean, there's still programs are still using Golfstat and other services, but officially with clipped and scoreboard, that's still not going to happen for a little bit. Um, but the rank and the rankings kind of seem like they are not in a trial and error phase, but certainly in a phase where all the programs and all the coaches are still trying to figure out just how to schedule what any of it means. And to be honest, I've I think I've busted my brain a number of times trying to understand the new ranking system. It's crazy. TC, uh, TC Randy, I'm, I'm officially picking LSU. Who, who's your official pick? I'm picking Stanford. Okay. Mega, you know, they they got some some new Scandinavians coming in. Uh, I also think it's crazy that both Auburn and Wake Forest have the women's coaches are named Llewellyn, but they're spelled completely different. That's wild, man. <laughs> I also want to say LSU has Anya Donegan, who had a great week last year at yeah. the uh, U.S. Women's Open. I, 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 I like Until what she she's got made out of. Until she got blown out to sea. Yes, but uh, <laughs> she, she showed some pluck, which I which I enjoyed. All right, we're going to turn to the Solheim Cup now. Uh, famously, famously, Team USA has not won since 2017 in Des Moines. Uh, that spans the last three Solheim Cups. They get another shot this year at Robert Trent Jones Golf Club in Northern Virginia, um, second week of September. The question, guys, Cody, I'll start with you. Is this the year Team USA breaks their Solheim Cup drought? If we don't, we got a big old mess on our hands here. Yes, we did. It might be task force season. For sure. TC, how about you? Uh, you know, as much as I want to say Team Europe, uh, I think, you know, I think Azahara Munoz is going to come back in the mix. I just, you have to worry about, you know, if 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 Headwall can keep her, can keep her <laughs> momentum going. Headwall's going to uh, come back in from the wilderness again. You know, or if she moves in to kind of an assistant captain role. <laughs> you know, I worry about, like, how is... You know, Celine didn't have the greatest Solheim Cup, and there's some friction there, I guess, with Suzanne Pedersen. How does that work? I think the, you know, the U.S. team, they've got, 
you know, between Lilia, if Lexi's playing well, if, you know, you've got more young talent kind of on the come up there, um, you know, this, there, there, there could be more Spaniards on the way on, but I think the, the next crop of, of European talent is, is, you know, at least 18, 24 months away. So uh, I will say the U S gets it back. Which I, I hate, I know I'm with you. I think the U S gets it back. I think it might, even be decisive uh jordan what say you are, are are we a clean sweep for team usa we are a clean sweep indeed there are three letters in the word yes three letters in the acronym usa it's time and if it's not time yes indeed it's task force season um yeah i think i don't I don't entirely believe it's going to be a copy-paste roster, and I certainly think the captain's picks are probably going to be extremely different this year. They they got to do it. I, at the pressure's all on them, and if they if they drop the ball here, they're, we're in trouble. We're we're in a lot of trouble. All right, I'm going to limit you to just saying the name, but give me the way too early top scorer prediction for each side in the Solheim Cup. Jordan, we'll start with you. For each side, um, that would be Lilia and Carlota. TC? Lilia and Lynn. Cody? Allison and Lynn. Which Allison? Carpuz. Okay. Well, uh, Allison Lee, you know, it could if, be the if she Lee, has yeah. a, a, as good a year as Jordan thinks. Uh, I have Leona and Lilia. A lot of expectations for Lilia this year. All right, this is a I, I really like this question, and it made me think: Who will be a Solheim Cup rookie for each side? Cody, we'll swing it right back to you. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Sarah Schmelzel. 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 <laughs> All right. Schmel me. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason that I say that she's currently twelfth uh, on the list as we we speak right now. Of course, qualifying this year because of going back to back is going to run through the 2024 AIG women's open seven automatic selects uh, for team us and then filled out with the rest. Um, and then hold on. You got to wait for me to get the, uh, the European team. Come back around for my, my sure. team Europe. TC. I think I know who you're going to say, but go ahead and tell me one rookie for each side. All right, I'll start with the Europeans. Alexandra Forsterling. Oh, big uh, German. Big German. The Germans are coming. The Germans uh, are coming. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, had a, had a nice nice fall uh, over in Europe when the, uh, the VP Bank Swiss Ladies Open. That's a national open. <laughs> Is that and won a regional open in uh, Mallorca. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of an island open, if you will. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I'm on her. And then... United States. This is this the one is a, I think I can guess, but go ahead. This is a complete homer pick. Yes. But yes. I think she's going to take the next level with her, the next step with her career. And I think she'd be an awesome, awesome Solheim Cup uh, candidate, uh, Lauren Coughlin. And whiffs of a home game. Yeah. Yeah. She's, you know, live, she, you know, she lives in the area. I'm sure she's played out there a bunch. World class ball striker. I think putting is leveling up. And uh, I think she's, I think she's going to have a, a really, really nice year. And not far off. I mean, I, I understand that could be a very bold prediction. Obviously, Homer's on our part, but like she's 13 or excuse me, yeah. 14th on the list right now. Yeah. Like she she has a decent year. Like, like player this way is on hundred percent in in the picture. Yeah. 
Jordan, who are your two rookie picks? Uh, to continue the uh, wonderful trend of Swedish rookies in Solheim Cups and Ryder Cups, I will say Ingrid. I think Ingrid hits a stride when she turns professional and just, bam, locks in. Um, for the U.S., I, I'm feeling feeling Alexa Pano. I think Alexa Pano keeps on and qualifies and sneaks her way in there. I like it. I like it. TC, I'm right with you on LC. Uh, I, it is a homer pick, but she can absolutely do it. I, I feel like her game is trending in overall in a, in a good direction. For Team Europe, guys, I'm surprised nobody said this already. Anne Van Dam. Take a look at what she's done recently. Um, she has seemingly come out of the wilderness. She's got her Rolex ranking all the way up to 71st in the world. She had a very good season on the LET. Uh, she, of course, has maybe the best swing in, in the women's game. Uh, hits the shit out of the ball. I got her as a, as a rookie on this year's Solheim Cup team. You could also send her out against Angel and have, you know, kind of, you know, I know Angel gets gets all, she's like, no, I'm the longest player out here. And it would totally yeah. get, it's like the game within the game. The game within the game. Four questions left here. Uh, another way too early prediction, but I asked you guys to give me who, who will win the season-long race to the CME points list. And then who do you think is going to actually win the CME Tour Championship? Uh, let's see. TC, we'll start with you. Yeah, I'm going to say Minji Lee wins the points list, and I have no clue who will win the CME championship because it's a total crapshoot. Yes. yes. Random. Okay, that's fair. Cody, who you got? <laughs> Nelly Corda is going to win uh, the points list, and I'm in the same bucket as TC. And I, I don't want to get accused of uh, ditching that last question, not picking my Team Europe. Uh, oh, rookie. right. I think it's right. going to be... Uh, the the Trevino, uh, Anna Trevino, who probably should have made the team last year. Okay. Jordan, who do you have? CME. Points list, I think. I think it's going to be Lilia again. I'm just going to keep riding the Lilia wave like I did earlier. And winning the CME, yeah, the CME is a crapshoot, but I'm going to be brave and try to answer this. I think, I think it'll be Nelly. Maybe that'll be your one title. Great minds think alike. I have Nelly winning the tour championship, and then I have a Titicum as the season-long points leader going into the tour championship. That could be some, you know, some lipstick on a on a bad season. Yeah, true. Kind of soften true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's combine these two questions. I asked for your LPGA Rookie of the Year selection and your LPGA Player of the Year selection. Jordan, why don't you kick us off? Rookie of the year, this probably feels like maybe somewhat of a safe pick, but I'm going to say Gabby Ruffles and player of the year. Oh, I, you know, I threw down Allison Lee for this one. And hey, it, I mean, Hell yeah, I, I, I'm going to stick with it. You know, feel like it's a little bit of a bold one, but I'm, I'm going to stick with Allison. Like I said, she's making the leap this year. It's, a, it, it's not a little bit of a bold. It's a very bold prediction, and I love it. I'm here for it. It's what twentieth uh, in the world right now, I think. Yeah, it just seems like she hasn't really broken through yet. But anyway, all right, TC, give us your two. Yeah, I was gonna say Gabby Ruffles, but you know what? I'm going off the board. I'm going Monet and Name, just because I don't think she's like really a rookie. She's she's already won. Yeah, like she won last year, and she's played Japanese tour a bunch. But 
Uh, I think she's she's going to take her talents to the States in a big way. Uh, I think Gabby's going to be a, a killer too. But uh, And then Minji Lee's player of the year. Cody? I'll uh, meet you guys with either one of those two rookies. Uh, Moni, she just like gobbled up all the victories you possibly can. And then Gabby <laughs> just has like all the runway in the world. Uh, unfortunately, player of the year, I, I've said this name quite a bit. I just I feel good about it. All right. And no, it's not Lexi, but it will be Nelly Corda. Nelly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I'm going to join you guys with Gabby. I, I think she has a game that's just tailor-made to make so many cuts. Top 10 in in, in the biggest events. I, I, I see her getting a ton of points this year. And then my player of the year, I'm coming back to Ataya Titicum. I, I, I think this is the year she, she really, really breaks through. Uh, I expect a major championship. I expect multiple wins. Give me a Taya. Guys, that leaves just the last question I have for you. Kind of open-ended. This was one I struggled with, quite frankly. Cody, I'm going to ask you to go first here. But the question is, will the LPGA officially merge with the LET? And if not, what will the situation look like, kind of broadly speaking, in the women's game at the end of 2024? I'm going to give you a yes-no answer. I think we tied, we talked about this on the last podcast. I don't think when people say merger that they think that like two entities come together and now they just form one and that's the only thing that's moving forward. That's not the case here. That's not the case on the PGA Tour side. You're still going to have a ladies European tour. You're still going to have an LPGA tour, but you'll have some form of a, a larger strategic global. Yes, exactly. And that's already they've we, we've talked about that. We broke that on the last podcast of they're already operating that way with the LPGA basically financing the vast majority of the LET purses outside of Ramco events. What I think you're going to see, though, is that there will be a a con, a consolidated effort to have a uh, higher tier schedule of events that's pushed forward and they'll figure out their way around that. Hopefully, if not, I would say the losing end of that would be the LPGA tour because I think the majority of the playing, like the talent, the players will go over and continue to play more ladies European tour events. Interesting. If those purses get, underpinned by yeah yeah 100 their schedule's not out yet is it it is out uh rough yeah rough copies of it though tc any any thoughts to add to that i don't think they merge i think it gets weird and acrimonious and uh yeah i think we're left with even something that you know the the LPGA is is in a more untenable spot towards the end of the year, like Cody said. And there's there's more of a not exodus, but there's a lot more doubt, which which is really gonna stink. I I, I really hope they can see what's going on on the men's side and work together collaboratively. Um, Cody, to your point, I don't know if that means they they will kind of come together and but but i do i i think with the lpga already being a very global broad tour like there's no reason they couldn't come together and and you know hey if it's the let if if they want to prop up certain events in europe like build out a really strong european swing right um i i think that would be great as a fan 
Um, I, I just, I really hope they can avoid the, the split and the exodus and the, you know, the, all the headaches and the publicity that goes with, you know, if a Nelly Corda or who, whoever it may be renouncing LPGA membership, I just think that would be a disaster. So Jordan, any other thoughts to, to add to this situation? I don't think it's going to be challenging to get, I think it's 60% of the membership that has to vote in favor of it. And it feels like a natural next step, like you said, to where the women's game is already so much more globalized and you don't want to see the friction and any more segmentation than there has to be. But I don't know. I, I feel it, it feels like it should be yes, but I, it feels like very possibly it could be no too. But I think no, a no if that if it doesn't happen, it feels like it could be disastrous, especially if you start losing your stars. I mean, I think the LPGA is in such a vulnerable position already that it just, I mean, why not? Well, guys, I appreciate all your predictions, your thoughts. Uh, this will be a fun one to revisit throughout the year, check in on on some of our takes and see what we get right, see what we get wrong. I do want to allow, if there are any predictions that did not get covered by the questions, please, uh, I, I want to give you space to, to level any other big predictions. But absent that, I think we call it an episode. I think, I, I think there's better than a non-zero chance that Lexi goes to men's live, like not women's live, straight up men's live. Okay, so better than a non-zero. What where, what are you putting it at? Like a like a maybe like an eight percent chance. <laughs> the Shriners to live pipeline. Okay. Outside of your fandom, uh, for the cliques, which team do you think she would she would integrate that's great, best? That's a that's a great question. Uh, you know, the cliques obviously have a couple. You know. I think Kaye Samoja or Samoya is gonna gonna occupy one of the the open roster spots, but obviously they have a, a roster spot. Um, you know, I think possibly possibly the Ironheads. They don't really have an identity. Of course, that is tough. So we'll see. I like that one. I don't know. I I, I think. Yeah. You're right. I mean, there's, it's one of those things where, and I hate the saying like where there's smoke, there's fire, but like so many people have talked about that she has had multiple conversations that like, that contracts have already been signed. I was going to say, people have told us that she had an offer. Yeah. Once this thing is initiated, like she is the, she's supposed to be kind of like the, the first one, the, the the dustin johnson the phil to go out there and be like okay this is what we're doing uh you know the people that she surrounds herself with that would kind of make sense yeah um you know it's just i I don't know we'll see if that happens this year but think about it this way think about it if they wanted to you know both increase interest in live you know at least from the jump there they could they could easily juice it that way. Then they could also, you know, then when they are ready to do the the women's stuff, you know, or they, you know, they let this LPGA let stuff, they they play nice and kind of try to be the ones bringing both tours together. Um, but then they are basically inflating the value of Lexi as well in the lead up to, you know, having a women's thing and then. And then she plays all the Aramco International Series 
stuff too on the women's side. God, you know, it would not take much for them at all. Like you could literally run with, with 48 man field, these live events of three days of shotgun start. Like you could, you could run men's and women's events at the same venue. And like yeah. everything that we always talk about, the issues with telecast and all the logistics are just go out the window. They could even make it like she's not even on one of the teams. She just, you know, she's just like a, like a, you know, competing marker. I don't know. It's, it's, it, it could be fascinating. I've also seen that, you know, the, the women's game might be the best avenue for the PIF to kind of get in with the USGA, the RNA, because you think about, you know, if, if, if they wanted to stand up a, 48 woman or 50 whatever the the number would be you would have to think they would attract most of the the top players in women's golf if not every single one and then all of a sudden it's like well okay what did usga what are, what are we doing about the u.s women's open like you know are, are are we opening qualifying avenues and then it's like well we're doing this on the women's side why can't we do the same thing on the men's side i don't know that's that's a theory that's out there, and it's it's not the worst one I've heard. Um, it'd be very very interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, it's a little depressing. Let's end there, uh, guys. Like I said, I appreciate hey, it. One more question: Do you yeah. think anything comes of the the LPGA seeking you know outside investment? Yeah, good good question. I. I hope so. I, I like they, they seem to be trying to decouple from the PGA tour a little bit. Um they with, should go talk to the acorn group with uh, <laughs> Cody's guys out in <laughs> Cody's military industrial, Randall Stevenson, uh yeah. Oklahoma dudes. Some friends of golf. Um yeah. yeah, I I I think that's certainly the hope on the women's side, right? I, I think Molly would love to find outside investment, you know, figure out some stuff with the broadcasting, getting them on streaming more often, all all priorities for hey, maybe that's the back door to the Fenway sports thing with you know they're tied in with the PGA tour and then they have a good relationship with the Saudis as well. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's crazy to me that like the the whole um TGL thing that there that there wasn't a, a women's element to that. Right. Criminal teams or co-ed teams, yeah. I know. Yeah. Nobody, nobody thought of any of that. No, I know. Like how the the easiest thing you could have possibly done. I don't want to share the pot, man. I mean, it's fucking. And I, I still, I want to call one more time on. I think there should be a women's major, whether it's a, you know, KPMG Women's PGA or something, Founders something at TPC Sawgrass at some point. I yeah. think that would be. Fucking cool. Amen. Or Solheim Cup. Solheim yeah, or Cup Solheim would be Cup. amazing. And I know it doesn't necessarily fit in with their agronomy and they don't want to play nice with others and the proud partners have all this and that. Let's figure it out. You know, figure it out. Well, guys, let's leave it there. Uh, like I said, Tournament of Champions this week, drive on next week, and then we're a, a little bit of a break until the end of February. So we will be back in February with another LPGA specific pod, but 
hopefully some good questions to get everybody ready for these first two weeks and and the broader season. Cody, Tron, Jordan, thank you guys very much. We will be back quite often this year. Um, And yeah, wish wish you guys a, a merry 2024. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect.